So the virtue of faith is what you preschoolers and elementary school students are going to be focusing on in June and July. And by way of reminder, we pause and we all gather together on the first Sunday of the month so that moms and dads, you don't have to ask your kids the rest of the month, like, what are you learning about in church? What are they talking about? What are they talking about? Faith. Faith. Trusting in what you can't see because of what you can see. And moms and dads, we want you to leverage some times that you have with your kids, times maybe in the morning when you're getting up and getting ready, when you're driving along in the car. Car rides are prime time to be having conversations and connecting with your kids. So faith is trusting in what you can't see because of what you can see. And we want to start off today by talking about Paul and Paul's experience with Jesus. So you guys in G-Town, you preschoolers and elementary school students, over this year, you're going through the big story of the Bible. And this month, you're going to be hearing a lot about Acts, what happened in Acts after the resurrection of Jesus. And so we're going to hone in today on one part of that story, which is a guy named Paul. And Paul was educated, smart. He was a Roman citizen. And when you were a Roman citizen, you got special privileges. Unlike today, back in the Roman Empire, they kind of assigned people status based on wealth, pedigree, beauty, power, and stuff like that. Moms and dads, I'm kidding. <laughs> and so there was a hierarchy to the Roman society. And so if you were a Roman citizen, you got special privileges that other people didn't get. Paul also studied the scriptures. And of course, back then, scriptures were kept in scrolls, in synagogues, and in places of worship. And you could spend a lot of years studying the scriptures, and that's what Paul did. He studied the scriptures, and he knew them inside and out. And as news spread in and around Jerusalem that Jesus of Nazareth had risen from the dead, there were other people like Paul at that time who thought, this is bad. That Jesus is a shyster. He's a trickster. He doesn't really speak for God. He's not really God. And so Paul uh, went from town to town arresting followers of Jesus. Paul thought he was doing God a favor by doing this. Um, and so he would do this. Um, that, of course, prompted people who were following Jesus to be scattered. So as Paul and his friends were arresting people around Jerusalem, the believers, the followers of Jesus, started going farther and farther away from Jerusalem because they didn't want to get arrested. And Paul pursued them. So Paul actually uh, met with the leading priests and he got letters giving him authority to arrest followers of Jesus in a town called Damascus. Now, Damascus was about uh, two weeks journey from Jerusalem if you were taking it at an easy pace. So, you know, imagine taking two weeks to get somewhere. Mom, Dad, are we there yet? Like two weeks. It's 150 miles. But Paul couldn't wait to get to Damascus to arrest these people. And he had letters giving him authority to do just that. And so on the way, something happened. And that's what's recorded in Acts chapter 9, okay? 
along the way, a bright light appeared, okay? So I'm going to read the passage, and then I want to draw out a few things. Meanwhile, Paul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was approaching Damascus on, a on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly showed down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, which is his name as well, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Paul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Now get up, go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but they didn't see anyone. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. And so his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained blind for three days and did not eat or did not drink. So when Paul started off this journey, he was in charge. He was the one in the, who had authority. He had letters from the chief priests. He had men accompany him going to Damascus to make these arrests. Paul was in control. <laughs> Paul was in control. Laugh. <laughs> and then he met Jesus along the way. This bright light and Jesus speaks to him. And now Paul can't see he's blind and so there's a lot of things going on Paul was blind and then he's going to see and he's going to see Jesus for who he was so up to this point does Paul see Jesus for who Jesus really is before the light no he doesn't see Jesus for who Jesus really is he doesn't get it he doesn't see it he's blind and so when you encounter Jesus it changes how you see things. When you encounter Jesus, it changes how you see things. So, I don't know about you, but when I grew up as a kid, we didn't have a lot of money. We weren't poor, but we didn't have a lot of money, and it was the 1970s, and it was small town Indiana. And so my dad would buy these junker, rusted out cars and that's those are the cars that we had like a, a ford and uh, a chevy impala we had a ford ltd uh, we had a pontiac catalina and all of them were just completely rusted out i remember one car that in the passenger seat on the front you could stick your foot through the floor it had rusted out okay cars were like that back then i know you kids are like what that's not even safe no but there were a lot of things that weren't safe in the 1970s. And so, <clears throat> lead. And so, and so that was a thing in my family. And then by the time I got into sixth grade, um, I, I had two outfits that I could wear to school, gray and maroon. And so on any given day, I had a choice. Is today a gray day, Carol? Or is it going to be a maroon day? That was, was kind of helpful, a binary choice, made it easy. But by the time I was entering seventh grade, I was kind of done with not having what some of my friends had. And so I had decided, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a lawyer. 
Because the lawyers that I knew of in town, they had lots of money. They had new cars all the time. They would take trips and go to Disney World and exotic places. And back then, the internet was in books. And one of the internet books, one of the internet books, I'm trying to explain this, one of the internet, so you know how you go on the internet to find out things, right? Like, what is this business? Is it open? What's the answer to, like, you just go to the internet and Google it. But before that, the internet was in books. And one of the internet books we had was called the phone book. And on the back of the phone book, there was an ad from a lawyer from Indianapolis. And he was a personal injury lawyer. And that ad on the back of the phone book cost a lot of money. And I remember saying to myself, I'm going to be that kind of lawyer. I'm going to be on the back of the phone book. <laughs> Have you been injured? Call Max the Hammer. <laughs> I was going to sue so many people that I just was rich and I, had, I would have an, an outfit for every day of the month and I was totally resolved that this was going to be my life. And about the same time on a Sunday morning, the preacher of the church that we belong to extended an invitation and he said, any of you can be saved, you just have to say yes to Jesus. And one of the ways that you show that is you, at the end of the service, you just walk down this aisle in front of everybody and come shake my hand and I'll tell you how, what the next step is in following Jesus. And so I could just feel the Holy Spirit, God in me, God in, in the people in the room and I wanted that and so I walked down that aisle. And then another preacher, about a few months later, he, he said from the pulpit, he was up here in the pulpit way up high, and he said, if you're a Christian and you don't read the Bible, you're probably going to hell. And you better read the Bible. And I thought, well, I don't want to go to hell. That sounds bad. And so I started reading the Bible, and I started in Matthew, and I got as far as Matthew 6, Paul Tippy. <laughs> Matthew 6. And do you know what Jesus says in Matthew 6? Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where people can steal it and where it can get rotted and where it can waste away. No, you should store up treasures in heaven where no robber can ever take it and where it always keeps its value. And I just felt the word is convicted. I just felt God pressing on my heart and pushing on my heart. And right then and there, I decided, fine, I won't be a lawyer. <laughs> I won't have an outfit for every day of the month. I won't ever drive a Lincoln Town car. I will store up treasure in heaven. Jesus changes things. Jesus changes how you see things. So when I was really young, money was like number one, number one, number one, number one. Today, at eight, in my 50s, Money's not even in the top five. I mean, it matters when I'm paying bills, <laughs> but it's, it's not even in the top five. Paul found this out to be true as well. When he encountered Jesus on the way to Damascus, he saw Jesus for who he really is, and it changed Paul from the inside out. And the things that he valued and thought were important before became different after he encountered Jesus.